Welcome to the Law Firm Accounting and Tax Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to law firm owners. You will be on your way to growing your practice and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. Now, today we're going to talk about the PPP Forgiveness a little bit more information about that, as well as we're going to talk about a certification regarding the PPP loans. Now, before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Jetro, a digital accounting firm servicing small business owners across the country, helping them relieve stress around financials and save thousands in taxes. I am your host and founder of Jetro, Mike Jezoshek. Okay, as mentioned, we're going to talk today about PPP forgiveness, give some information about that, as well as talk about a certification uh, a certification that you made when applying for the PPP loan that the government has given a little bit more clarity on. So first, I want to start talk, talk about the forgiveness piece. If you have received a, a PPP loan, which by the way, starting on Monday, they open back up more funding. So if you haven't gotten your application in yet or haven't been approved yet, now is the time to go again and get in, get your application in before that funding runs out again. But if you have gotten a PPP loan, let's talk about the forgiveness piece of that. The forgiveness period is eight weeks. And that eight weeks starts on the date the lender makes the first disbursement of PPP funds. So if you received PPP funds on April 15th, you have eight weeks from that day to use those funds for forgivable forgivable items. So any spending done in the eight weeks after the day that you received uh, the, the funds for the PPP, you have to use those funds in order to be forgiven. Now, one big question is, what can the funds be used for in order to qualify for forgiveness? And there's a few things for that. The major one and the big one, and this is where most people are going to use it for, is payroll costs. Now, it's important to note that the payroll costs, just like when we calculated the PPP, they're capped at $100,000 on an annualized basis per employee. So basically, you take whatever $100,000 would be on a weekly uh, per week basis, and that would be the max for eight weeks. So that comes out to a little over $15,000. So the gross payroll has to be, uh, cannot be more than $15,000 per employee over that eight week period, or some of that might not be forgiven. Now what's included in payroll costs? It includes gross wages. So that's going to be your salaries, your wages, commission, bonuses, vacation, um, sick leave, and everything else. It also includes healthcare benefits. It also includes retirement benefits for employees. It also includes state and local taxes. Now, the big thing that it does not include, so not included in that payroll cost, is the employer portion of FICA and, and, and as well as FUTA. So uh, the employer portion of Social Security and Medicare is not included in that calculation for forgiveness, as well as FUTA payments. So federal unemployment payments are also not included. So that's the payroll cost piece. Again, What's included in payroll costs? Gross wages, healthcare benefits, retirement benefits, and state and local taxes. What's not included in payroll costs is employer portion of FICA as well as FUTA. Um, the other th- items that the funds can be used on for forgivable purposes is interest on mortgages that were signed before February 15th, interest on debt that was incurred before February 15th, and rent for lease agreements that were signed prior to February 15th. 
And then the last piece is utility payments. So again, what is forgivable? Payroll costs capped at $100,000 on an annualized basis per employee. Interest on mortgages before February 15th. Interest on debt incurred before February 15th. Rent for lease agreements signed prior to February 15th. And then utility payments. Now, when we look at that forgiveness piece, there's a few things we want to look at more specifically. The forgiven amount cannot be more than the loan principal. So if you got a $100,000 loan, you can't be forgiven for more than that $100,000 loan. You also have to remember that payroll costs must make up at least 75% of the forgiven amount. So if you have a $100,000 loan and you want, and that $100,000 is able to be forgiven, $75,000 of that $100,000 must be used on payroll costs. The remaining 25% can be used on interest, rent, and utilities. Now, one other thing to think about is that forgiveness is proportionately reduced by a decrease in headcount or a decrease in wages. Now, one thing you can do to combat that is that if you reverse that decrease prior to June 30th of 2020, then it can still be forgiven. So if you have a decrease in a headcount or you have a decrease in employer uh, employee wages, the amount that will be forgiven could be decreased. And I'll give an example. Let's say that you currently have 10 employees or, you know, during this PPP program funding, you have 10 employees, but you previously had 20. So you had a 50% decrease in employees. Your forgiveness amount would be reduced by 50, 50%. So if you had $100,000 that was able to be forgiven, but your employee headcount dropped 50%, you, the amount that can be forgiven is only $50,000. So um, just something to consider uh, that you have to, again, rehire or up the employee wages by June 30th to then bring it back into that for forgivable piece. Um, so as far as what needs to be provided, so you, you're, you got your loan, you're making payments for payroll at least 75%. What information do you need to provide to be able to, for that amount to be able to be forgiven? Um, you'll need the number of full-time equivalent employees as well as their pay. So payroll reports are going to be important for this. You'll need your payroll tax filings with the IRS as well as tax filings with the state uh, regarding state income, payroll, as well as unemployment on the state level. So you'll need the tax filings as well as a payroll report that shows what the funds were used for. If you used funds for um, interest, rent, or utilities, you'll need proof that those payments were made. So this could be canceled checks, receipts, just any kind of documentation you have that verifies the amount paid and what it was for. So make sure you're collecting this information and keeping it a good handle of it, any kind of payments that you're, that you're uh, making out that could be potentially forgiven. Um, lenders will have 60 days to approve forgiveness. So once your eight weeks is up, you can submit the documentation and lenders have 60 days to approve that forgiveness. And then any amount that's not forgiven must be repaid within two years at 1% interest. Um, another thing, a good thing to note is that the forgiven loan, so the amount that's forgiven is excluded. So it's not included, it's excluded from your gross income. So you're not taxed on this forgivable piece. So let's go through that forgiveness just one more time. I know it's a lot of information. Again, it's an eight-week period that starts on the day of funding. Um, if you're looking for forgiveness, the amount that can be forgiven is payroll costs capped at $100,000 annualized per employee. 
That includes gross wages, healthcare benefits, retirement, state and local taxes, uh, but does not include the employer portion of FICA or federal unemployment. Um, you can also use these funds for interest on mortgages, debt, rent, and utility. Now, again, for full forgiveness, at least 75% of the costs must be for payroll. So 75% must be used for payroll. Yeah, again, you have $100,000 in, in loan and you make payments, at least $75,000 of those payments must be used for payroll for the forgiveness piece. You can use 100%, but at least 75% has to be used. The remaining amount can be used on that interest, that rent, or those utility payments. Um, forgiveness will also be proportionately reduced if you have an employee reduction or an employee pay reduction. So you have 10 employees, or you previous, you currently have 10 employees, you previously had 20. Your, your PPP forgiveness amount will be reduced by 50%. Um, and then what to provide. So during, once you have these funds, keep track of the payments that you're making for payroll, grab payroll reports, any kind of tax filings with the IRS or, or state, and then kind of proof of the payments related to uh, rent utilities and interest. Um, and then again, once this forgiveness piece is, once your eight weeks is up, you can submit forgiveness to the bank and they have 60 days to approve that forgiveness. So that's regarding the forgiveness. Now, there is a lot of questions still around the forgiveness, a lot of things that, you know, are, are kind of areas that they haven't really um, given enough detail on. And we're expecting to have more guidance from the federal government regarding some of those additional questions. So as we get to those, we'll be updating you guys. Uh, but this is kind of the standard forgiveness based on the information that we have available right now. Um, so just know that there may be changes, there may be updates, there may be some clarification on certain items. Now, one other thing that I want to talk about was the IRS, or I mean, the Treasury Department and the government put out a statement regarding a cert certification that you made when, sign when signing for the PPP loan. And that certification stated that current economic uncertainty makes this loan request necessary to support the ongoing operations of the applicant. Again, this is a certification that if you got a PPP loan, you signed and initialized that this is true. And again, that statement is that current economic uncertainty makes this loan request necessary to support the ongoing operations of the applicant. And so you as the borrower must make that certification in good faith, taking into account your current business activity and ability to access other sources of liquidity um, to support the ongoing operations. And so they gave an example that if you're a public company with substantial market value and access to the capital markets, this likely is not a certification that you can make in good faith. So I just want anyone that has a PPP loan to think about this certification and make sure that it applies to you and you have support and proof to back it up. Now, they are saying that anyone that has um, decided that, yeah, that they couldn't make that certification in good faith, they have until May 7th to give the funds back. So if you say, yeah, I signed it back then just because I didn't understand really, um, but I don't need the funds, they're not necessary um, due to the uncertainty of the coronavirus. You have until May 7th of 2020 to send those funds back and, and you're clear of that. So just something to consider. I just wanted to bring that up as I know it's something that um, as a lot of these big companies like Ruth Chris and and um, you know Shake Shack, they, they were getting these fundings, but they said it probably wasn't likely that they could truly sign off on that certification. So they have been giving funds back. 
they want to provide some guidance for that. So I'm sure there's going to be more coming in this area, but that's the information that was given to us so far. So again, read through your application. Just again, make sure that you are able to certify what, you know, the items that you signed off on. And if you need to give the funds back, you have until May, um, you have until May 7th to give those funds back. So just take that into consideration. Again, as with everything with this coronavirus, there's a lot of moving parts. We got new funding. That funding, I, I recommend you to, to go and apply as soon as possible before that funding runs out. Um, but I just wanted to go through the forgiveness, what we know now. You know, this is, again, changing consistently. And so the information that we give is what we know and what we have available to us today. But things can change as we go on. And we'll continue to update you as, as things become available. Again, uh, if you have any questions on this, join the conversation in the Facebook group. We have a lot of people joining in there and asking questions. Um, so feel free to join other small business owners in there. Um, and if you have any questions specifically, shoot them to me, shoot me an email, um, and we can include them in a future episode. Just want to make sure that we're getting everyone taken care of. So again, today we covered forgiveness, kind of the basics, what we know now, as well as we talked about that certification that you made uh, regarding the uh, uncertainty related to COVID virus and that these funds are necessary. So uh, I want to thank you again for listening to another episode. Um, stay safe out there, and I will see you guys next week. Now, one last thing before I go. We created a Facebook group called Building a Successful Law Firm to take what you learn here and dive even deeper. This Facebook group is a place where we share tons of value for free, and you also have the opportunity to bring up situations you are faced with and collaborate not only with our team, but with other firm owners as well. Simply go to Facebook and search for the Building a Successful Law Firm group. Again, it's building a successful law firm group. I'll see you in there. This has been another episode of the Law Firm Accounting and Tax Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other law firm owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.